Terrence Ross has said the quiet part out loud. It's very much a time for change for the Orlando Magic. We expect a busy offseason, so we're going to talk who's staying, who's going for the Orlando Magic this offseason. It's time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is April 20th, 2022. My name is Phil Frost. Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, Terrence Ross makes it pretty clear that he's ready to move on from the Orlando Magic. We'll talk a little bit about what he said in his podcast appearance and what the Magic might actually do about it now uh, that, that this information is out there publicly in the world. Also talk a little bit about who's staying and who's going and some of the big decisions the Magic face this offseason. Um, uh, some of the some of the players that are very much up in the air for Orlando. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, we want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, whether it's on your way home from work, while you're working out, whenever, while you're at work, who cares? Um, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, the Locked On Podcast Network has great podcasts covering every team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Wouldn't blame you for missing this um, if you didn't see it yesterday on Tuesday um, because you probably just listened to our podcast and wait for us to, to, to cover it. Uh, so thanks for that. Um, Terrence Ross went on a podcast. Uh, it was the, I'm blanking on the name real fast. Um I'm going to give proper credit where credit is due. Um, he went on the Buckets podcast. Uh, they are on YouTube as well. Um, and was asked about his future in Orlando. Um, and and, and the, the, the two guys host, hosting the show, you know, a lot of good fan discussion on there. It's, it's, it's an 18-minute listen. It's not, it's not a terrible listen. Um, so pretty much asked him, you know, was this your last year in Orlando? And, and Terrence seem to say, yes, this was my last year in Orlando. And um, I, I want to make sure I, I, I full quote, um, give it some context, because I, I don't think there's anything malicious here. Um, Magic fans generally reacted positively to, to this. No one's blaming Terrence for wanting to wanting to go to greener pastures or to play for winning teams. I think most Magic fans want to see him play for a winning team. But Terrence Ross said, quote, I'm 10 years in. Time is kind of going against me at this point. I don't want to stay in another rebuild. It's been great here. I've had fun. I've had my chances to be a part of something where it was me and a couple of other guys to take it as far as we could. We had some good runs. We had fun. But I think now I'm ready to transition to something else. That is about as clear a statement. I wouldn't call that a trade demand, but it's about as clear a statement that Terrence Ross understands that it's time for both parties to split. Um Good business in this league, especially, is understanding when that point has come and doing a, you know, sometimes doing a favor to a player when, when, when the time calls for it, to, to be perfectly frank. Um, everything I've heard about Jeff Waltman and his staff and the way that he operates is he's very player focused. He's very player friendly. When he tells a player he's going to do something, he's going to do it. And so, you know, I don't know if those conversations have been had. I don't know what conversations Waltman's had with Ross, but Ross is always been a bit of the odd man out with this young team. 
This is a young rebuilding roster. This is a young roster that's very clearly looking ahead to something else and, and very clearly transitioning away from the 2019 team that Ross was such a critical part of. It is no surprise that the Magic would be looking to trade Terrence Ross. Now, Terrence Ross, they'll be looking for a way out or looking for a way to get to a contending team or team that could better use his talents than maybe this Magic team could. My hair's all over the place for some reason today. Um, it's no surprise that this is what's going to happen. And, and, and I think, honestly, both sides would probably say that, yes, it is It is time to move on. Everything in this league has an expiration date. Um, when stuff gets stale, it gets stale. And, and, and the best way to kind of solve that, to resolve those issues, it, it, is to make a deal. No doubt about it, the Magic were shopping Terrence Ross pretty hard at the trade deadline. They were looking for a first-round pick, which might have been a little bit of a high asking price. Um, but... I don't think it's irrational or unreasonable to ask that even with the struggles that Ross had this year. Everyone knows what Ross is capable of. Everyone knows what Ross can do. And everyone knows the limitations of the lineups that Ross was playing in uh, with this young group. Um, this, this is not a roster that fits Terrence Ross. There are not guys making on-time, on-target passes. There are not guys, they're not guys uh, you know, necessarily giving him the space that he needs. He, got, he absorbed a lot of defensive attention. It wasn't a good year for Terrence Ross, and, and, and Ross certainly has fallen off a little bit. We'll get into those numbers here in a bit. Um, but by the same token, the Magic also didn't put Ross in a position to succeed. And I can't blame Ross, who is at, you know, 32 years old, getting to the back half of his career now, wants to be playing meaningful basketball. The fact that the Magic essentially didn't play Ross at all in the final month of the season, he played three of the final 11 games, never played consecutive games over those final 11 games. Um the fact that the Magic were clearly focused on other things and clearly focused elsewhere um, is, to me, a, a big sign that, yes, the Magic were ready to move on from Ross, too, that the Magic you know, were thinking and focusing on other things um, as the season wound down. Um, again, Terrence Ross was a good trooper. Uh, he was never a bad guy in the locker room. He is as much a kid as everyone on the roster, even though he has a family. Um, you know, He definitely fit in culturally and, and personality-wise with the group. Um, it, it, he's not a bad veteran to hang around, have around. And, and I think he embraced that veteran role, but at the same time, he's got to take care of himself and he's got to take care of what he wants in his career, especially as it begins to wind down. The trouble is going to be trading him though. Um, Ross is due to make $11.5 million next season. So Orlando's going to have to figure out a, to find a salary that matches or a salary that they're willing to eat. Um, I think it's very, very possible that the magic try and attach one of their second round picks. They have a 32nd and 35th pick in this upcoming draft. Would not surprise me if they try to attach one of those picks to move up into the first round. You know, maybe grab grab a rookie um, or grab grab a rookie and another uh, another salary player that they can either buy out or you or use in some way. Um, it, it would not surprise me if that is the move, and, and, and maybe we'll take a look at, at teams at the back half of the first round or players that the Magic might want to target in the first round um, to to make that kind of a move. But there, there's a framework for a deal there. There's definitely a framework to make something happen that can help the Magic. And obviously, I think what the Magic also wanted to do and, and why the price was so high at the trade deadline as opposed to in the offseason is I think the Magic wanted to see how the playoffs shake out, which which teams are going to be desperate for that three-point shooting help, which teams aren't going to be interested in graphics because they think they're ready to take another step up or, and they don't want another rookie or they don't want another young player to add to that mix. Um, there are always teams like that. There are always teams doing that. Um, you know, there's a lot of thought. I, I saw one uh, draft writer say, I think it was Rafael Barlow, say that, you know, picks 15 through 35 are pretty similar, pretty much the same. So there might be a lot of movement around in the draft to, so play, so teams can make sure they get the guys that they want 
um, instead of kind of leaving it up to chance that that guy isn't available when they when when it's their turn to pick. So, uh, I, you know, I, I don't think the Magic were, I don't think the Magic were dumb holding on to Ross at the trade deadline. Um, if the deals weren't there, I, I say this all the time: no deal is better than a bad deal. Um, if the deals aren't there, don't make a bad deal. Don't don't do the bad deal. It is though important to understand the context within which Ross was playing and the struggles that he had. Um, Ross Ross had a bad year. In 2019, he averaged 15.1 points per game with a 53.4% effective field goal percentage and 38.3% shooting from deep. He was key to the Magic's playoff run in 2019. In 2020, it dropped to 14.7 points per game, still a 50.8% effective field goal percentage and 35.1% from beyond the arc. Last year, with more defensive attention on him, guys top blocking him, keeping him from getting to the three-point line. He averaged 15.6 points per game with 48.5% effective field goal percentage, 33.7% from beyond the arc. Definitely a little bit of a freedom to keep shooting, and that only got worse this year. This season, Ross had his worst year in a Magic uniform, 10 points per game, 46.7% effective field goal percentage, and just 29.2% shooting from beyond the arc. Those two are the worst shooting percentages of his career. It was a down year for Terrence Ross, but like I said, a lot of that had to do with the bad lineups that he was in, that he was playing with coming off the bench. A lot of that had to do with the defensive attention that he was getting, the lack of precise passes, the lack of just precise offensive execution. It was not a strong year for Terrence Ross by any stretch of the imagination, and it certainly does feel like this is a good time to move forward. Um, obviously, the Magic are beginning to fa- go into a new phase. They're going to want to get players that that better fit what they're imagine- what they're imagining instead of uh, inheriting players that do that. Um, and, and, and certainly Ross has kind of reached the end. Um, it's not likely that Ross would re-sign with the team next se- in the offseason, um, and so I think I think it's definitely time to move Ross. And, and I would say I would say something's probably gone terribly wrong if Terrence Ross is still on the roster next year. Um, so, you know, again, it, there's no hard feelings. All the reaction when I posted the, the interview clip on my socials, um, all the reaction from Magic fans has been largely positive. Everyone wants to see Terrence Ross succeed. He's one of the most popular players. On the Magic, um, with, among fans, I, I don't see that changing. I think I think Magic fans are are happy to are, are are completely understanding of Ross's position here, and want to see him move forward. We'll talk about some of the other big free agent decisions and some of the other and, and w- what's going to happen with some of these players who's staying and who's going coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed, durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happens. Give them a try, and if you don't love them, you will pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com and use code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses. Backed by more than 150,000 verified five-star reviews. Check it out today at Shady Rays. We want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. For your next lesson, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis 
from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So obviously, you know, the, the, this Magic team has a lot of free agent decisions ahead of it. Um, it this is going to be a ridiculously interesting offseason because the Magic have so much money to spend. It, it's kind of their first summer in a rebuild. They don't, you know, obviously the draft pick might have a, a big factor in what players are suddenly open to them and and who's excited to come try this out and see what this is. Um, again, I, I will continue to argue that Jeff Waltman has done a really good job sharing and, and, and selling his vision to veteran players. As much as the Al Farouk Aminu signing was a bad signing um, in, in that it didn't work out the way the Magic needed it to and probably cost them um, both playoff positioning in 2020 as well as a chance to stay in the playoff hunt in 2021, it was not the right player to target. I will say it, it's a good sign that Jeff Waltman was able to convince a starter on Western Conference finalist team to come off the bench in Orlando. The fact that, you know, the fact that the Magic got Brooke Lo- uh, got Robin Lopez to come in and and chill out for the year, as much as Robin Lopez was probably looking for a chance to chill out anyway, um, the fact that he got him to chill out for the year, I think is a good sign that, that he can get veterans to buy in. And, and obviously, I think that's the biggest, the biggest um, free agent need that the Magic have this offseason is just a veteran who's going to buy into the system and buy into what they're doing. You know, very clearly, it's not that Terrence Ross isn't bought into what the Magic are trying to do, but his individual goals are elsewhere. He's thinking about doing something else. And so, in that sense, Terrence Ross is no longer the right veteran. It's not that he's not invested. It's not that he doesn't care about these guys. It's not that he, he doesn't even care about the Magic. It's that he has individual goals. Just think about your work life. Um, you know, sometimes you got to think of, of NBA players as workers, too. They have individual goals they want to accomplish. They want promotions. They want... XYZ. Um, you have unhappy workers, you have an unhappy team, you have an unproductive team. It's 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 like that in any workplace. So again, no shame for Terrence Ross looking out for himself, no shame for Terrence Ross saying, I want this, I want to play in the playoffs, I want to be on a, a championship level team. No shame, you know, you make sacrifices to get there. Obviously, some of it might be financial, but um, you know, Ross added that that if it was a contract before, if it was a contract before, he might be willing to stay. He probably would be willing to stay and try this out and see what see this rebuild through. But he knows he's getting up in an age where time is running out for him, so he wants to make the most of these years that he has left in the NBA. So we'll see where he ends up. Um, having said that, then finding a, a key veteran is going to be a big part of the Magic's offseason. Um, and I would sit here and say that Gary Harris is that right veteran. Um, he's a guy that everyone on the team likes. He's young still. Uh, he really did a good job reclaiming himself this this season. I thought he played fantastic. Uh, still a solid defender, a fantastic three point shooter. Something the Magic desperately need. Um, he was really good all season long when he was able to play. Um, the Magic were able to kind of plug and play him in different roles throughout the course of the season. I, I would love to see Gary Harris stay and and even just kind of listening to Gary Harris talk. You know, obviously. He, his goal this year was to get healthy, was to prove that he was healthy again. And, and he did that. Um, the injuries that the injury that kept him out toward the end of the season was probably not an injury, was probably more the team not wanting a veteran who's going to make the team better at play out there. Um, let's not pretend that is what it isn't. Um, but Harris, to me, was the perfect veteran for this team. And I, and I thought he was really invested and really, really into what, what the, this team was doing. And, uh, you know, I, I know there are Magic fans that feel this way, too. I would not be opposed to bringing him back. I would not be opposed to a three-year overpay deal to bring him back um, and, and front-loading that overpay. So you spend you spend your cap room this season on Gary Harris um, as that veteran you bring in. 
Ultimately, whether Harris comes back or not is up to Gary Harris. If Gary Harris wants to be part of this, if he wants to be a part of this rebuild, he wants a, a role coming off the bench, then then that's what that then that then there's a deal. Then they'll make a deal, they'll make it happen. Um, you know, again, it'll just come down to money, it'll just come down to the amount. Um, you know, I, I've been kind of tooling around, I, I haven't gotten exact numbers, but I, I would say if the magic give him like 18, 19, 20 million dollars uh, in that first year and decline it from there that that uh, on a three-year deal that's probably where I would strike um you know you you pay a premium to keep a good player if your team like the magic so um you know again money's not really an object you just want player you just want chess pieces you can move around for that big trade that's that's down the road or you hope that that's down the road and and you know maintaining a high salary player like Gary Harris would certainly help in in that in that uh, pursuit. Um, Harris was really solid all year. So I, I don't think it's crazy to bring him back. I don't think it's a bad decision to bring him back. I don't think that you're making a mistake doing it, but obviously this is a big decision, much like Terrence Ross. If Gary Harris wants to play for a title contending team, if he wants to be part of a, a better team, the magic aren't going to be able to give him that. Um, and, and that ultimately is a choice that's with Gary Harris. And the magic will probably have the money advantage. She'll probably be able to offer the most money. Every other team in the league might only be able to offer him the mid-level exception, um, but or at Orlando, I think will be able to go above that. Um, you know, maybe they don't need they maybe they don't need to pay eighteen, nineteen, twenty million dollars. Maybe they could get away paying fifteen, sixteen, seventeen uh, on a three-year deal uh, in that first year just to just to keep them. Um, it's certainly a possibility uh, for the Magic. But Harris had a fantastic year: eleven point one points per game, the most he's had since twenty nineteen. Uh, fifty-three point nine percent effective field goal percentage, his best effective field goal percentage since twenty eighteen. And 38.4% shooting from beyond the arc, his best as well since that vaunted 2018 season when he scored 17.5 points per game. More importantly, Harris played 61 games, the most he's played since the 2018 season. And like I said, very easily could have been up around 70, if not for the Magic, kind of holding him out toward the end of the season. The important thing for Gary Harris this year was to prove that he is healthy. He proved that this season. He proved he is healthy. Um, he proved that he can make it through an entire season. It seemed like he really put... The issues that he had late last season to bed um, kind of put those away. He really responded well this season and was a key part of the magic. He took a lot of threes, of course, five three-point attempts per game, um, but he made he was pretty efficient on them. And when the magic were able to get him in the corner, uh, he was a big part of what the magic were doing, and he was able to win a few games for them. I'm not against bringing Gary Harris back. Honestly, if I'm the magic, that would be my number one priority. Let's bring Gary Harris back. Let's 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 take let's take care of him. A show. Show the league that we'll take care of our guys, um, guys that 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 play well, that that commit to us. We will take care of them. I don't even care if it's a little bit of an overpay at this point. Um, that's kind of the cost of doing business when you're a team at the bottom of the standings. But you need quality veterans, and the first thing the Magic have to do is keep and make and maintain a quality veteran. And that's why I think Gary Harris is such an important player and such an important guy to keep around. The big free agent question, though, is the guy that we're saving for last. Um, and you you know who it is. It's, it's Mo Bamba. We'll talk a little bit about what lies in store for Mo Bamba coming up here in just a moment. But first, everyone gets those 3 p.m., 4 p.m. doldrums. You know, it's not quite dinner time. It's not quite the end of the day, but you just find you just drained of energy. You just don't have the energy to keep going, to keep moving forward. That's why you should have a built Bar handy. I usually bring one with me to work, have it ready when I need a snack, when I need a little pick-me-up because the vending machine is calling, but... Those, those candies, as much as you want the chocolate, the candies are not good for you. You know it. I know it. Everyone knows it. So give Built Bar a try. 
Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. All the bars are covered in 1% real chocolate. Um, they're low calorie, high protein. You can go to built.com, check out the macro, mark, macros. You'll be blown away. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Coming great flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and there are new flavors coming out all the time. I can tell you, I've tried tried many flavors that I typically wouldn't think were good for a protein bar, and they taste exactly what they say on the packaging, which is usually not the case with protein bars in my experience. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Obviously, the big question that everyone has for this offseason for the Orlando Magic and, and probably the biggest, most consequential and risky decision this team has as far as who they who they bring in, who they who they let go, is Mo Bamba. Um, Mo Bamba is setting is getting set to enter restricted free agency. The Magic will have a big say in what happens. Um, they'll be able to match any offer as long as they keep that qualifying offer open. They'll be able to match any offer that Mo Bamba receives. Um, the question is, who's going to spend the money? Who has the money to spend on him? Um, and how much are the Magic going to pay for him? Or how much the Magic willing to pay? And how much? How long are they willing to commit, probably more importantly, to Mo Bamba this offseason? Look, a big thing for Mo Bamba was just time. Um, he dealt with injuries early in his career. Obviously, rookies are terrible, especially rookie bigs. You don't want to lose too much patience with rookie bigs who show some potential. And, and, and you got to give Bamba credit. He shows a ton of potential. This year, he averaged career highs with 10.6 points per game, 1.7 blocks per game, 8.1 rebounds per game, while shooting a 56.6% effective field goal percentage and 38.1% from beyond the arc on four three-point attempts per game. A little bit less than half of his field goal attempts. Bamba is great at spreading the floor. He's a great shooter. He's shown great shot, block, shot blocking ability, obviously with that length. It's impossible not to, but he has proved to be a solid shot blocker, someone who can control the paint, someone who can be a rim protector, something this Magic team has obviously been hunting for ever since Dwight Howard left 10 years ago. But there's still a lot of questions about Mo. Um, he did play 71 games this year, the most in his career as well. Started 69 of them. So a big part of, of Bamba's uh, jump in stats was he was playing a lot more, 25.7 minutes per game. Um, so playing more helps a ton for sure. Uh, but the question is still, what more can Bamba be? Now, obviously, he's not done growing. He's going to get better. If someone gives him the opportunity, he's going to get better. But when you get to the end of your rookie contract, it's less about potential and more about what have you done? What can you do? And obviously, the Magic are going to be experiencing some lineup shifts and lineup changes. Wendell Carter is probably firmly entrenched somewhere in the starting lineup. If the Magic draft a Chet Holmgren, Mo Bamba seems pretty superfluous to me. If the Magic draft Paolo Bancaro, well, then they have a four to play next to Wendell Carter. If they draft Jabari Smith, they have a four to play next to Wendell Carter. They have Jonathan Isaac waiting in the wings. I think there's a very fair question that the Magic are going to ask themselves is, if we re-sign Mo Bamba, where is he going to play? It almost feels a little bit like a luxury than, than, than a need right now. Uh, uh, by the same token, though, the Magic do need a backup center. And so the question is, uh, can Mo Bamba still develop in the way that he was developing this year? as a backup center in the context of this team, um, or does he need to be starting to kind of keep these gains that he's made? Um, those are real, real questions, and those are real questions that 
Bamba and his camp are going to have to answer those real questions that Jeff Waltman's going to have to answer as they navigate this offseason, as they navigate restricted free agency. Because again, the Magic have the right to match. So they can say, go out and get an offer sheet. We'll figure it out from there. Or they can negotiate and, and just get a deal done beforehand for sure for sure. If, if, if the Magic are that convinced that they need to keep him. I don't know what that salary amount is, um, but it would not surprise me if Bamba ends up just signing the qualifying offer. It is a very rare move for a player to sign a qualifying offer, but with so few teams having money this offseason, and the Magic, frankly, just probably unsure about what his value might be, the market's going to be set pretty low for Bamba. It, it would not surprise me if he gets a contract a little bit north of $12 million, $12 million per year, which might be a little rich for my taste if, if I'm the Magic. Um, but it also wouldn't surprise me if he gets a contract in the eight nine million dollar range. Now the question is, does Bamba want does Bamba want the security of a two three year deal uh, uh, on that amount, or will he be willing to bet on himself or bet on the Magic betting on him to take a, a, a one year prove it deal on the qualifying offer at around ten million dollars? Um, there's a lot of money money going on here. There's a lot of decisions. It's a very complicated decision for a lot of parties as, as the Magic decide what they're going to do with Mo Bamba. I'm very, very 50-50 on Mo Bamba. I'm not going to lie about that. I think Mo made great strides this year. If he had gotten this kind of playing time earlier in his career, um, if he'd been on a team with this kind of context from the start, I think he would have made huge leaps. The fact that the Magic became a playoff team his rookie year was probably the worst thing that could have happened for him because he wasn't ready to contribute and wasn't ready to play. It's not that Steve Clifford hated It's not necessarily that Steve Clifford hated him. It's Steve Clifford couldn't use him. Steve Clifford couldn't trust him because he's a rookie who makes mistakes. Um, he was slowed down by really debilitating injuries. That leg injury was a big one, um, a really big one for, for big man, especially a young big man who needs experience. Um, the, the, his issues with, with COVID were huge, keeping him from making major gains in the offseason and putting him behind in his second season. Um, last year, he got, he got some opportunity, but just wasn't the right fit um, and obviously just wasn't the, the, the perfect fit for this team and, and, and for this, for this group. Um, Bamba, I, I, I'm not saying that Bamba was necessarily the wrong pick back when the Magic drafted him. I, I think he was one of the top guys on the board. It wasn't irrational to take him, but the context of the team changed very, very quickly for him. Um, I do think his development goes differently if, A, the Magic don't make the playoffs in 2019, um, or B, he gets drafted to a, a, a pure rebuilding outfit. If Oklahoma City drafts him instead of Orlando, I think he develops very, very differently than he developed uh, over the last four years. But the reality is, he developed the way he's developed over the last four years. Um, and, and there's been enough there to say, okay, there might be something to invest in. There might be something to further develop. Now you got to put a dollar amount on it. And that's the difficult part. That's the tricky part. And that's the part that I can't answer because I still think there are a lot of things Bamba needs to improve on. His defensive awareness, his ability to react quickly to make plays is still a big factor. Um, he's still not looking and seeking out contact. Um, you know, it's, I don't care if he doesn't have a low post game, but He's got to be willing to bang bodies. Um, he, he pops too much uh, and, and isn't much of a role threat. And, and that's such a big thing for bigs in this league right now is you got to be a little bit of a role threat. You got to be willing to crash the paint and cause a defense to collapse around you. And, and that's just not something Bamba does. Wendell Carter does that well. Wendell Carter, not afraid to take a hit, not afraid to take a bump. And that's that's such a big difference Um for these guys right now, for this team right now. Again, I would not be upset. I'm about 50-50, probably leaning toward letting him walk. Um, but I'm about 50-50 on whether to bring Bamba back. I think this is probably the most difficult um, and consequential decision the Magic make among their free agents. Whether Gary Harris resigns or not, who cares? Like, we know what Gary Harris is. Um, we know what value Gary Harris will have. So even if the Magic do overpay to resign him, he'll have a market because he's a really good player. 
Mo Bamba, if the Magic resign him to a three-year deal, that's that's a big three-year deal. That's a big three-year commitment. That's a big three-year investment. Um, and, and that's going to have consequences for what the team can do building out in the future because Bamba's trade value isn't determined. Uh, Bamba's permanent trade value isn't determined or isn't set. Um, Gary Harris is always going to have value because he can hit threes as long as he's healthy. Um, Mo Bamba, if he doesn't continue this upward trajectory, all of a sudden he becomes a little bit of dead weight. And so I, I, uh, while the money isn't a huge factor this offseason for the Magic because they have so much of it, um, this is a big question for Orlando. So a lot of big decisions just because uh, the Magic don't have a lot of free agents or a rebuilding team doesn't mean there isn't a lot to decide coming up this offseason. A lot of consequential decisions coming up. And so it's going to be a, 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 a it's going to be an interesting offseason for Orlando. And obviously we're, we're just getting into the thick of it. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in him you can play Spotify, Odyssey, and all the places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, make your second listen Locked on NBA. From the first jump ball of the playing tournament to the last possession of the NBA Finals, Locked on experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. Check it out today at Locked On NBA. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Wright. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.